My beautiful sister. Florence to, to be here as she said I used to worship in this church so it's really precious to be back uh, with you all um, I have so many fond memories of hope and um, the people here and just my growth in the Lord so it's awesome to be back so thank you um, Florence has asked me to share about prayer and um, it's a topic that I feel God has just um, been real, doing a real work in my heart for, um, gosh, I guess since I became a Christian in, in this area of prayer and intercession, I, I'm just learning uh, like the rest of you, um, but I do feel like God has um, spoken really especially to me about prayer. So it's a privilege to be able to share with you what I feel God's put on my heart and I know that he'll be talking to each of you as I'm speaking. So just, I don't know if you've picked up, but there's a theme already in the room, uh, various testimonies of, of God just um, speaking to you um, and speaking to the church and, and uh, Deborah talked about it and Odette talked about it. And um, there's also a, a theme I feel that Holy Spirit's doing in the room around just that the praise and the worship was just so phenomenal, just exalting Jesus. And I could, I could actually, I've only had this happen twice before. And as I was sitting there, I could smell the fragrance of the Lord. And I was looking around and there was no perfume. It wasn't, I wasn't smelling it before. It was a really precious moment in, in the worship. And it's that moment of the alabaster jar being broken. And it's something about what I want to share about today, about prayer is <coughs> connecting with the heart of God. And just that sitting at the feet of Jesus is where we really learn to pray. So, yeah, we'll see what comes out. I hope I don't go on too long. Sometimes I can. They just told me to shut up. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the Lord does. Um, so, I know a lot of you in the room, but I don't know everyone. So, I just thought I'd share a little bit about um, some of my journey. Um, I've been a Christian, gosh, about 20 years now. Um, I came... Uh, 
I came from a background of not knowing anything about the church at all. I, I didn't know Jesus. I'd never read the Bible. I'd never set foot in a church, maybe a funeral or a wedding or something, but I didn't know anything at all. Um, I heard the gospel for the first time in 1999, and um, I knew, my spirit knew that what I was hearing was the truth. And I said my very first prayer, and my very first prayer was, Lord, please forgive my sin. I want you to come in my life. And um, nothing particularly dramatic happened that in the natural uh, that I was aware of, um, but I started going to church and that was it. That was the start of my um, Christian life. But you know what? I had no idea at that stage 20 years ago that um, what I was stepping into. And I honestly think if I'd known what it meant to become a believer in the Lord Jesus 20 years ago, I'm not sure, and I'm not saying this to discourage you, but I'm not sure I would have had the courage <laughs> to make the decision to follow Christ, because I didn't realize at that time it meant giving him all. It meant lock, stock, and barrel. It meant surrendering your life. It meant giving over your will to his will. Um, but I've, I've kind of learned that on the way, um, and I'm thankful that the God that we give our lives to is such a good father. And, and that's really the theme of what I want to say to you today. We're connecting with God, who is a the most incredible father you could ever, ever know. So I'll just tell you a little bit about my experience with prayer as well and what, maybe where it started. So even 10 years ago, I, gosh, I just knew absolutely nothing. I was born again into a church, had a great theology, very conservative church. They talked a lot about um, prayer. I had a great head knowledge, forgiveness of sins, cleansing, you know, yourself from sin and repenting. And gosh, they'd get us to pray for, for non-believers all the time. They're always going on about sin. And we have to have this list of people that we're praying for to deal with this sin thing. And uh, that, was, that was fine. It's great to pray for, for people who don't know the Lord. Um, and they had this idea of prayer. They had... Um, they had this prayer ministry team that would be under the balcony, but it was like, my impression was that you had to have something wrong with you if you were gonna go for prayer. Like it was, it was where the people who had problems went to the people with the badges on, under the balcony. It, it was like, if you were sorted and you had everything cool in your life, you didn't need to go to the people under the balcony with the badges on. So prayer wasn't something, it was just if you had a problem. Um, but I, I sort of knew that prayer is about engaging with God, but I had this nagging doubt that if God was going to, was someone who would communicate with us, then how come I wasn't really hearing from him? How come he wasn't really talking back to me? And I, I just had this vague sense of maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe I'm not holy enough, or maybe, maybe there's something, you know, not, not quite right. And so I just, I just know that um, God was leading me to, and the Holy Spirit was, was just teaching me to know more about prayer. I read the Bible and I sort of just trusted because I knew what the Bible said, that if we prayed, God would answer. But I had no real experience of it. I don't know, maybe some of you in the room can relate. You've, in your journey with God, you've prayed, but you're not really sure. You're not really sure if you've connected with heaven and he's answered. Maybe if I summed it up, it would be something like this, that I felt prayer was just something that Christians were supposed to do. 
if you're going to be a good Christian, you really got to learn to pray. But I had, if I'm really honest, standing before you today, for a big chunk of my Christian life, I had no real faith that God would answer what I was praying. And, um, yeah, I'm not proud of that, but that's kind of where I was at. Then things started to change in around 2007-8, and um, I moved away from this first church that I was in, and where I'd become a Christian, and I started to work with the poor. And there are other people in the room that uh, I did that alongside, Deborah being one of them, and uh, I started serving at the soup kitchen. We were organizing events, and actually Gwen was somebody who was incredibly faithful in, in praying. Um, specifically for me and one other person at that time, which was incredibly precious. But um, I could just feel this compassion um, for these men and women. Um, and they were, they were so broken, some of them so broken, so vulnerable. And I, honestly, if I could have taken them all into my house, I would have done. And I used to say, God, you know, like, why haven't I got a husband? Because... Like most of these guys are men, you know, if I just had a husband, you know, I'd be able to do so much more. I could bring them in and, you know, it was just like I could never understand why I just couldn't do more. And my heart was breaking. And looking back, I took some crazy risks with these people, if I'm honest. I found myself in, in flats uh, that were in an absolutely desperate state, pornography all over the floor, dead mice, rotting food. Um, just, uh, God, I was pinned up against a wall by my throat. I had my car damaged by some of these guys. I, um, yeah, I, I, I had my life threatened. One guy said that he was going to shoot me. And then at one point, yeah, my car was damaged. I probably said that. And yeah, one time I was called to, to, to somebody who was in a, in a pickle and, to, to go out and pray, and this person uh, had just witnessed a murder, and um, it was um, it was one of the guys from the soup kitchen, and his friend had just been stabbed in front of him, and so that took us on this journey of just uh, like helping him, supporting him to give evidence at the Old Bailey. So the Lord just took me on this crazy journey, or I stepped into this crazy journey. But you know what? I had absolutely no idea how to pray at this time so I was being led in my flesh my the compassion for these people was leading me but I didn't know the spiritual battle that I was stepping into I didn't know that the demonic world was actually manipulating me and and, and sort of just running rings around me so I had a heart of compassion but I wasn't engaging with God in prayer to see transformation in the lives of these people who were so utterly broken and so I guess I just got burnt out and I just came to this place of going, I know, God, that you, that you want to deal with these things, but I don't know how to do it. And I, I was so exhausted. I'd done so much in the church and I was just, yeah, I was wrecked. Um, I was doing it all in my own strength. And then the season started to shift. And uh, how many of you have had this when you just know Knowing your life that God's shifting you into a different season. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what, that's what started to happen. And um, I look back and I thank God that that's when I started to encounter him in a tangible way for the first time. And 
I remember it like it was yesterday. I experienced the presence of God for the first time, and I was at a conference in Harrogate, and um, it was for leaders, actually, and I wasn't a leader, and I thought, gosh, if someone finds out, they might ask me to leave. I felt like a fraud in this place. Then they started singing, and it was my first real experience of corporate worship, and the presence of God crashed in this place like you wouldn't believe, and they started singing this song that at the time I'd never heard. You know it, I'm sure. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you, and uh, hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. And it says, you know, hear the sound of hearts returning to you. And I could, honestly, I could, I just had this vision. I don't get visions, Caroline gets visions. But I just had, I could see in my spirit hearts returning to God, like the multitudes of God, like the multitudes, the harvest returning to God as this song was being sung and people people's hearts were responding to Jesus and coming home to the Father and I'd never had anything like that before it just just rocked me and then they sang the words in your life um, in your kingdom broken lives are made new oh my word I was just wrecked the Holy Spirit he landed on me and he wrecked me because the words that the Holy Spirit landed on those words, broken lives are made new. And I suddenly, my, the compassion and the working and the, 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 the brokenness over here and the working to see that fix landed and connected with God's heart. Amen. So it was like my compassion and God's heart came together. And um, for the first time I saw that it wasn't just my heart, but it was his heart for the broken. And he was, he was literally just churning me inside out, showing me that it was his job to make their lives new, that he was the one with the power. He was the one with, you know, everything that was required and that I just needed to rest back in him. And um, it was a real, real lesson. And I just started to weep and weep and weep and crying in public wasn't something I did. <laughs> Particularly then, there's all this snot coming down. I was like this total mess. I just couldn't stop worshiping God, and yeah, he he just yeah, he just showed me his his heart of love for them, and um, it was yeah, it was precious. And he he was releasing faith into me. So it wasn't just that the compassion that I had and his heart connecting. It was that he then connected me with hope. And he connected me with the hope and the faith that we need to see them change so that he doesn't want them to stay in that state. He doesn't want them to stay broken and abandoned and messed up and addicted. But with God in faith, we can see all of that change. So it was just this tangible revelation of his love and his power that he injected into me. And from that moment, I knew <laughs> that things could change. And I just became so much more aware of the Holy Spirit at work. I started to speak in tongues. I had this another crazy encounter with the Holy Spirit one night. And uh, my friend, actually it was Daphne and Phil, they prayed for me. And um, I fell on the, on the floor. And um, I'm, I'm telling you this because it's about connecting with the heart of the Father. I fell on the floor and um, I literally became like this child and um, I've never had anything happen like this since but it was like I was a child, he was a father looking down on me and I could literally feel 
a jab in my side as I was being tickled. And then he'd tickle me here, and then I would go like that, and he'd tickle me here. And it was, it was tangible. Like, I could actually feel God touching me, and he was my father, and I was his child, and it was about nothing else other than relating to him as a, as a child. That was it. And it was just, I was like, oh my gosh, it kicked my religious box so far out of the window. I had electricity pulsating through my body when I drove back down the A40. There was one moment I had my foot on the accelerator and it went like that. And I just started laughing and praying in tongues because the Holy Spirit was just on me. Got back into bed when I was home and my legs were flying up under the duvet (laughs) with the power of God. Now, I don't know, well, I told you what it was about. It wasn't about anything other than he just, the heart of the Father was just coming into me. Yeah, my religious box flew. It just totally went. I had no grid for it. But you know, so you never know what, where, where God's going to take you. Um, so, well, you might be thinking, what the heck's this? All this got to do with prayer, you know? I'm just sharing these stories. But it's because I believe that connecting with God's heart and hearing his voice, which you guys have all been talking about today, is, one, is a real key to effective prayer. Not just a key to prayer, but a key to answered prayer, which is what we all want. Prayer flows from the place of relationship with God. No other place. When we're truly connecting with his heart, when we're connecting with his heart, he's connected with those people that he loves. And he gives us his perspective on the things that we're praying for. So I don't want to talk just about from a theological perspective. I want to talk about the experience that I've had in prayer. Some of you have been walking with the Lord a long time. I'm sure you've got your own testimonies. Others maybe not so long. But you know what? I've met a lot of Christians over the years. And even people that have been Christians a very long time. You actually don't come across that many people that are truly passionate about prayer who are true, like, wake up in the morning and go, great, I can't wait to pray. It's usually seen as a bit of a chore or a bit of a bit difficult. So I really hope and pray that we're encouraged to pray more today. Um, and uh, there's just one thing, I, um, a couple of main points I want to talk about. And the first one is about getting into this thing called the secret place. You heard God talking to you about this, any of you? Or various conferences and sure that you've been to it's just one major key that I believe the Lord uh, wants all of us to find and if we don't know the person that we're praying to how can we really communicate if you don't really know your husband how can you really communicate with him so he's calling us to, to be hearing his voice on a regular basis and, and just going through our days completely aware of his presence. So this thing that the, the secret place, um, I think I've said my prayer life didn't start off in a brilliant way. Um, it was really about giving lists to God and there's nothing wrong with presenting your request to God. Philippians 4, 6 makes that really clear to us. Um, but... If we do that in the long term, there's not much passion, there's not much faith. It's hard for us to maintain that. So God started talking to me about Secret Place in 2006. I'm just going to give you a bit more testimony about this. So the first thing I actually heard God ever say to me was prepare to be amazed. It was before I even knew that you could hear God. And um, 
after that, I just I didn't have a grid for that either, and I just he started to bombard me with scriptures from the Song of Songs. And I'd get them in cards, or I'd go to church and they were talking about it, or whatever. You've had that experience as well, when there's just like, wherever you turn, you're getting the same scripture over and over and over again from lots of different people. So I was getting the Song of Songs, the Song of Songs, the Song of Songs, especially chapter 2, the whole time. But I didn't realise that that was God that was wooing me into relationship with him. The Song of Songs was a really difficult book for me. Um, It had sort of... It gives romantic connotations of our relationship with God and I wasn't being wooed in the natural. So frankly, my heart was pretty closed off to this idea of being wooed by a God I didn't know. Um, So after telling me to prepare to be amazed and having absolutely no idea what that meant, it didn't occur to me that I could ask him. Um, I then had this encounter. I was sitting on the the sofa with my friend and... um, It was about five years after I'd heard these first words, prepare to be amazed, five years later. Like nothing happened during the five years. And uh, I was talking to my friend, we weren't talking about anything spiritual at all. And um, all of a sudden, um, I heard, and when I say I heard, I didn't hear it here, I heard it here. Have you had that? In your spirit? And I heard the words, get into the secret place. And it was as clear as crystal. And I, I told my friend, I said, God's just interrupted our conversation, sorry. And um, she didn't really know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant. We started looking up scriptures. But it was, do you know what? My reaction to that was, well, I don't really know what that is. And so I just held it. Didn't know what the secret place was. He'd been talking to me about Song of Songs. He'd been making it clear, but I still didn't get it. And then about a year later, so another year goes by, he's wooing me the whole time. Another year goes by, and um, it was in this building, actually. I think I was, obviously it's changed since then, but probably about over there. And all of a sudden, I came into this prayer meeting, and there was this man who started prophesying over me spontaneously. And he, the first thing he said to me, no one had ever prophesied over me before. I didn't even know what it was. And he said... The Lord is telling you to get into the secret place. And um, anyway, he shared a load of other stuff which I won't go into. But if ever there were a call to do something, he couldn't have made it any clearer than he was doing. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But do you know what? I still didn't respond. I still didn't respond. And I'm just saying this because I suspect that um, we're all on a journey in maturing in our walk with the Lord. But we can, there's always more. And so I'm just being real with you that my heart was so hard. Like, he'd been, he, he was speaking to me in my spirit. He was giving me, like, encounters. I was on the ground. He was getting people to prophesy over me. He was giving me scriptures. And my heart was still so closed. I still didn't know how to relate with God. I still did not know my father. I didn't know he was a good father who wanted relationship with me. And this prophet guy said to me, he wants you in the morning. Get up in the morning. Get up early morning. And I was like, no, you know, I'll already get up in the morning, but I need my sleep. And my sleep took preference, like, until just, like, the last couple of years. Like, I would be getting up maybe, well, it doesn't really matter, but I was not getting up early. I was not doing what the Lord is telling me to do. So it was the start of um, 
quite a difficult journey, to be honest, because God was really revealing my heart to me, which was that my heart was hard. Here I was thinking I was a super compassionate person over here, but actually, no, my heart was hard. I didn't know God, and he wanted to know me, but I didn't want him enough. I didn't want him enough to set aside the things of this world enough. And it it breaks my heart now when I look back at how I put other things before the Lord. You know, like just, I I put other things before Jesus and spending time with him. And you know what, now, spending time with the Lord, you know when you do that and you meet with him in the morning and the Holy Spirit comes and he starts speaking in your ear and he starts telling you about your day and he starts telling you about the people that are on your heart the people that he wants you to pray for there's there's nothing like it this is the God of the universe who wants to communicate with us and you know what our approach to prayer is that we pray our will we pray our will so often And you know what, the reason he was calling me into the secret place is because he wants us to connect with his heart, to know his will. So he went through all of that years of me in the wilderness, in the dark nights of the soul, in not getting what I wanted out of this life. And he just let me. He was so gracious and so loving and so merciful. But you know what, when I came back to him, he was there and he's like, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you to come and meet with me. And when we get there and when he starts to share his heart with you, it it just breaks you with such joy and such delight and such love. And you start to understand his will. And so this this sort of second key, for want of a better way of putting it, to effective prayer is knowing the will of God. You know, why, why would we pray and waste time praying without really knowing the will of God? You know, he, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit, we're told, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And the Holy Spirit... He helps us in our prayers, in our weakness, in our groans. He's he's willing us to understand the will of the Father. And the reason for that is because we then unite with all of heaven. And we unite with heaven to pray heaven down on earth. You know, that's our calling in prayer, is to set aside our will. We've, We've prayed it out today in Matthew. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But it's such a privilege and such a joy to connect with God that you start to hear his voice. And that's when you start to get effective in prayer. You start to, um, he starts to give you the secrets and he starts to tell you about the people in your community and the people in your workplace and the people in your family And like Odette was saying, you know, it's just so exciting to think that you're gathering together to to pray for your families because God, he's just dying to hear, just dying to meet with you. 
But you know what I, I would just say is just in those prayer meetings, just spend time listening. Bef maybe before you, you go into prayer, because so often I think we pray from a place of anxiety or we, we pray from a place of unbelief. And, you know, the Bible is so clear about, oh, about, you know, needing to believe. If we believe what we've asked for in prayer, we will receive it. Amen. But we have to believe, but we take that for granted. Well, how do you believe it? Where does the faith come from? The faith comes from when you know you're praying the will of God. So take time. If there's a situation you're concerned about, take time to listen to what God's telling you about the situation, just, just rest in his presence. Maybe you don't call it a secret place. It doesn't matter what you call it. Just rest in the presence of the Lord. Let him speak to you and he will tell you about the people you are, that, that are on your heart because he already knows. And he gives you keys to, to then release over them and to pray over them. And, you know, like Caroline's been doing re re recently, we could have a whole other session on getting into the courts of heaven and just declaring the justice of God over a situation. When you're so in tune with the will of God, you start declaring it, you start proclaiming it, you start seeing it manifested on earth. And that's, our, that's where we're meant to be as believers. We're meant to be engaging in the heavenly realms, understanding his will and, and calling it down and seeing transformation. It's where we, where we enter into the fullness of God. There's so much in Colossians about the fullness of God. And we're part of that. And when we're, when we're in his will, and when we recognize that we're seated in, in heavenly places, when we know our identity in God, we're participating in his fullness. He's in us. We're in him. And he's working through us. We're not just doing anything out of a religious attitude. We become his hands and feet on earth. We're the light of the world, it says. And we get the privilege to pray to see it happen. But I just really challenge you to look in your heart and see if there's any unbelief in there. Because there was a shed load of unbelief in my heart. <laughs> if you've got unbelief in your heart, if you're not believing what you're praying for, I'd just say take a step back. You know, you see it so often in churches, especially around the area of healing. And very often we sort of use prayer as this, let's try and find out what the will of God is about a situation. We come to prayer. We're not really settled whether God wants to heal this person. Some of us doubt that. Some of us have not really asked, asked the Lord about this whole issue. And we start to pray for a person, but actually we're like, oh, well, God, if you want to heal this person, and then someone else comes along and they're praying a slightly different prayer. You know, don't use prayer to work out the will of God. If you don't know the will of God, just, just don't say anything because you might be declaring the enemy's words over a situation. It's fine not to have everything worked out. Just take a step back and get the word of the Lord in your heart and then declare it out. You know, and this happens not just in our individual prayer, but in our corporate prayer. Some of our churches are a mess. Some of our churches are a mess because we're not united. And you know the reason we're not united? The reason we're not united is because we're not taking time out to listen to the voice of God in our own lives or for what he's saying or doing in our church. The way to unite is all those hundred voices coming together, hearing God, and you declare out that word. Amen. If you're all declaring out different voices and you've got different agendas, 
The enemy has a field day. He has an absolute field day in your church. So you've got to take time to stand back and listen. And then when you hear him collectively, and when he's spoken, you stand on it. Because he'll come. He comes in like a flood. So when he gives you your vision as a church, he will. you stand on that word and you don't move from it. The hard part is making sure you know the will of God. When you know it, you stand on it. And so when he comes in like a flood, the enemy... You can resist him, and you resist him in a united fashion because you've all heard the word. And you're not all going off in your separate areas to, you know, figure out what's going on. You don't need to do that because the corporate word of the Lord has landed on your, on your family. And you fight together about what he has said and see it come to fruition. So we've got to get the enemy out of our churches. And the way to get the enemy out of our churches is seriously to get on your knees and pray and listen. Humble ourselves and listen and pray and hear what he's saying and declare it out. And honestly, it it comes because he gives us the vision and then he gives us the strategy to implement what he's told us to do. I've seen that happen so many times, like on mission trips. Um, you know, just right from the word go. If you commit it to prayer, yeah. I've seen him pick the team mm-hmm. like crazy things, like people from over in South Carolina joining with people from this church, joining with people from like the north of England. Like he handpicks teams, he handpicks dates, he gets people flights. If you get a vision from God, he supplies every single thing you need, and it is just phenomenal. But I think sometimes we just rush in. We don't take that time to hear what he's saying. And then, and then cause when, yeah, I'm probably going on too much. But when we've got it, the confidence comes. The belief comes. The faith comes. And we stay in that place of trust. Because when we know the Father, like when we know him, when we really know him, you know, when we, when we know him, we know him in a way that he's so intimate that you hear his voice. You don't want to be anywhere else. You know, Jesus, um, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And it's right. He's, he's the way. But he's not the destination. You see, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we, we come through Jesus, but we come to the Father. And then when we come to the Father, it's like coming home. So you have to know who he is. And when you get to know him, you know he's good. And when you really know deep down that he's good, that every single plan he has for your life is good, every single one, no matter what the enemy throws at you, every single plan, everything that he's happened to you, he's working it together for good, every single thing, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And when you get that, when you get that inside, and you start to, 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 to relate with him, you you can't you want to be with him, mm. Mm. and um, 
I think that's where he's taking us as a church, like worldwide. He's taking us on this journey. There's a prophetic season of of grace being released in prayer where people are seeing crazy things happening. He's starting to speak to people in really unusual ways. You need to watch out for it in your church. You've already started to talk about it today. Deborah was talking about him talking through unbelievers. I've had some crazy things happening through circumstances and someone was prophesying over me the other day and then my friend in Canada rang me up and said, I've just had a dream about you and pretty much repeated what someone in the UK had prophesied over me. Like, he's speaking. So be on the alert. Come to him and repent and say, God, I, you know, like, remove my unbelief. And just get in that place. And he, he just, I just want to leave you just to, to be so encouraged about how much he wants to do through you. There is so much power in this room. Like, do you know how much power there is in this room? Do you know how much power you've got in your heart when you connect with Jesus and you know the Father? Do you know your power to declare and decree out all of heaven on earth? Like, do you really believe it? Because if you did, you'd be doing it all the time. It's just phenomenal. Anyway, I think I've gone on too long already, so I'm going to just pause for a moment, see maybe what Holy Spirit wants to do, and... um, Yeah. Let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, maybe stand up if that's all right, guys. We just really sense there's just a fresh season of grace over over you all, a fresh season of grace, and um, there's nothing that's taken place that the Lord hasn't seen, and um, some things uh, grieve him, some things please him, but he's never left. He's in this place. Thank you, Jesus. There's a call to unity. There's a call to greater levels of unity. That we, we all know that unity is really what commands the blessing of God. And there's a blessing of God to be released out over this church in, in waves and measures that you've not yet seen or expected. You need to position your own hearts position your own hearts to receive from God, but also position your hearts corporately to receive from God, because there are things that you can do together that you can't do on your own. There are things that you can do over your community and in our nation that you can't do when you're just on your own. And just what Odette's doing with that prayer meeting is just its just the beginning, but it's the beginning of much. I just see floods of the Holy Spirit crashing in. 
You need to learn to engage with the angelic realm. When we worship like we did today, when the Lord Jesus Christ is exalted, you are engaging with the heavenly realms. You're engaging with the angelic that wants to meet with you. He wants to release words to you, to refresh you, to renew you, renew you individually and renew you as a church. You need to prepare to get ready to see new seasons of the supernatural at work in your body and in your midst. He's taking you uh, from from being just, uh, I don't know, even know what it is, but just like this, maybe this small remnant, but into this really mighty, powerful warrior army for God. And um, as you as you start to command authority and you're learning and you're doing that over your own families, then I really do see that just growing and getting bigger over this area. You're positioned for just, yeah, incredible things and, and power, the power of God to come. And so, Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for this group of women. I thank you that women have a, a, a voice in the body of Christ. I thank you, Father God, for every single person in this room, that they will make a difference, that they will make a difference in, in their, the lives uh, of their own lives, the lives of their family, the lives of their church, the lives of those in their, in their workplaces. And I just decree and declare out that they will become walking prayer meetings that they will be women after God's heart in such a way that they will be people who really know what it is to pray without ceasing. That they will be just walking, walking prayer meetings, constantly connected to the Father. We just, I just decree and declare that out, that connection with heaven in new ways, in new ways over this place. And anyone that feels they have no role, no role in this church... I'm telling you, you've not found your voice in prayer. You need to go and find it. There is no one without a role. Go and find your voice in prayer. If you feel there's any situation in your life that is hopeless and you don't know what to do about it, you've not come to the secret place and found your voice in prayer because there's no impossibility in heaven. So you have to connect in the secret place. So, Father, we just speak out over those impossible situations in our lives and we just lives and we just decree and declare out today that everything is possible with you thank you jesus thank you jesus we give you all the glory god we we worship you we magnify your name we honor you lord jesus we honor you lord jesus and father we just say everything you've done in this room today god may it be sealed Sealed in our hearts, God. Sealed in our hearts, Lord, as we worship you. Amen. Amen.